It's unprofessional. I am, as always, Lex Friedman, and I am joined by the next president of the United States, Dave Wiskus. Hello, Dave. How are you? Uh, I'm just happy to be here, Lex. <laughs> I'm just happy we got this podcast started. We are joined today <laughs> by one of the Internet's true treasures, a uh, comedian and writer. I don't know what his title It's probably senior editor. So you'll correct me if I get it wrong. But somebody very important from Crack.com. It's Daniel O'Brien. Hello, Daniel. Hello, you actually nailed it. I'm, my title is somebody very important from Crack.com. I just I told you it's recently. it's at the it's at the bottom of his emails. <laughs> well, just in case, uh, I mean, everybody who's listening should know what Crack.com is. But tell tell the people a general sense of of who you are and what you do, Daniel. Uh, I have been with Crack.com since 2007, uh, working remotely for a year before moving out to Santa Monica, California to work as a full-time employee, editing articles, writing articles, um, and doing a whole bunch of gopher work for a while uh, <laughs> until I, I, I've moved jobs a bunch of times there, and now I'm the head writer and creative director of video, so it's article editing, still uh, video writing, video appearing in or i mean you know how sentences sound i don't want to bore you <laughs> another correct one you've heard tons of those well i mean i i just i have this one idea for crack that i want to run by you have you guys ever thought about putting numbers in the headlines get, get out of here um, <laughs> now the truth is 18 great jokes to use on the senior writer the truth is i um before Demand had Cracked, I was an employee of Demand, which is the parent company of Cracked, and uh, the various members of the Demand team flew from L.A. to New York, and they had me come and meet them because I was working out of my house in Jersey, and we all met in the Cracked offices, and we were going over there. It was, the question was, was Demand going to buy it or not? And we're looking over their traffic and all their numbers, and so I'm there with this guy, Jeremy Reed, who I know Daniel knows, and we're looking at it, and we're like, you know... The stories with numbers in the headlines seem to do really well. And the, the crack guys were like, yeah, but we don't want to get pigeonholed as just doing that. We're like, no, who would ever, you know, no one will ever notice. We just put a number in every headline. But clearly we got to stick with that. So I feel like at least 87% responsible. Uh, so you're welcome. There's your America. headline. 87% of crack headlines. Yeah. That's uh, in the, that's our social network movie moment. That's, that's Justin Timberlake saying, drop the the, just call it Facebook. Like, <laughs> hey guys, I think you should put numbers in the list. Bye. And then you disappear. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just want to say, everybody, you're welcome. <laughs> now, Dave, you don't know this because this is your first time. Well, it's technically your second time speaking with Daniel, but really your first time Be getting gentle. to know him. But uh, Daniel is from New Jersey. Woo! That's I find that shocking. <laughs> I find that I, I, I don't even know what to do with that information. <laughs> now, do you still consider yourself a Jersey person? Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm going back there. I think about it a lot, and I miss it, and... Uh... James Gandolfini recently passed away, and he's a Jersey guy. He went to Rutgers, where I went, and so it's that's very much a, a Jersey sticking point for me. Were you guys the same year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> we we, uh, we shared a dorm together. We were both in Demarest. Too I mean, soon. Too I, soon. I, I want to be clear. I love D James Gandolfini. I thought he was excellent. I still haven't seen the very last season of The Sopranos. We've been a little behind on that one. But um, I, I am glad. Yeah, don't ruin it for me. I won't. I am glad, though, that he got to... Uh, that he lived long enough to find out that HBO Go was finally available on the Apple TV. Oh, that's <laughs> see, that's is that actually true? Because I've been because I have Apple TV. It it literally <laughs> happened the same day the same day Gandolfini died. Earlier that day, HBO and Apple announced, "Hey, HBO Go is on the Apple TV now." That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to cut this podcast short and go watch something because I have. 
Uh, I have HBO and I have a TiVo, and if you have TiVo, you can't get things on demand. And I have right. HBO Go, and I have, you know, an iPad three, so I can watch HBO on there. But I'm I'm uh, starving for solutions to get Game of Thrones on my television <laughs> via uh, HBO Go or Apple TV, and I and I am thrilled that I have that option now. This is I, I can I can barely speak in full sentences because I'm so excited about this. <laughs> Lex, when I said I haven't started watching yet, please don't spoil it for me. I, I was honestly expecting you to say, well, he dies. <laughs> I wish I had. Uh, edit me in saying that. Well, he died. There you go. There you go. I can, I can work with that. Yeah. Uh, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so, okay. Uh, Jersey, Gandolfini, yes. I'm proud to associate with Gandolfini. I mean, not that I can really say that I'm a true New Jersey, and I, I moved here when I was in my mid-20s, but... Some of the Jersey people, I'm like, I can't get excited about. Like Bon Jovi, I'll put in the yes column. I, I'm happy with Bon Jovi. Springs- oh, no, 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 Springs- you're wrong. Okay, but Springsteen, I don't give a shit about. I just want to put that out there. Well, I, that would, part I, I would reverse that. I would absolutely, rever- absolutely reverse that. Springsteen's uh, great. Bon Jovi's weird and silly. <laughs> See, but I feel like Jovi, Jovi, I call him Jovi. I feel like it's better than Bon, right? But I feel like he embraces the silly. Like I feel like he knows that he's silly. Just by looking at his hair, you feel like he knows that he's silly. Well, I think... I think he knows that he was really popular when he had that haircut. <laughs> Did I tell you I was working at a sports authority? I used to sell shoes at a sports authority in New Jersey. And uh, Bon Jovi came in on Christmas Eve uh, in like a, like a leather jacket. It's a Christmas miracle. tight pants. And he's like, can you show me where the women's sweatpants are, buddy? <laughs> and I had to point out the women's sweatpants. And he just bought them and then rushed out. Just a, a last-minute Christmas present. We he assume. Had a, he had a sweatpant emergency. <laughs> You know what my loved ones need this Christmas season. <laughs> I got I got her a track jacket. I don't have the sweatpants to match. <laughs> He's probably a WWDC. Um, mm. Wow. So I don't think I've ever waited on Bon Jovi, but I'm I'm it'll, it could happen. Have I ever told you? I'm sure I haven't told Daniel, but Dave, do you know my story about when I met uh, Danny DeVito? Yes. Yes. Okay. In fact, somebody else just told me about you telling them that story. Interesting. Well, then I'm not going to tell it. I wish I can remember who it was. But I, I met Danny DeVito in L.A., and he actually lives in – he has a home here in the same town where I am in New Jersey. So that's exciting. And he's, you know, a big – he named his whole thing after New Jersey. He's Jersey Films, right? Yeah, that's right. How is he? A, is he a neat guy? Can you talk? Do you get to talk to him at all? Is- he was very pleasant. I met him before I got married, and I suggested that he call my wife and remind because my wife had come back to New Jersey for our wedding ahead of time, uh, where I was going just like a couple days early, and so I had him call her and remind her how handsome I was, and he was totally game to do that. That's great. He seems like it, it's. He seems like a nice guy, and I and I'm I'm always heartbroken if if people that I like are real like. Right. Famous people I really mean. It's I take it personally. Have you met we, famous we've people? Been, who, oh, we've ahead. been really lucky with this show where we keep having people that I, – I don't know if famous is the right word, but celebrity-ish people or people whose work we love we bring on the show. And it turns out that for the most part, they're not assholes. Oh, you guys had Josh Molina. I'm such a fan of his. Oh, f- that guy is such an ass. No, he was a great guy. <laughs> Loved him to death. The thing is, he had a lot of mean stuff to say about Daniel O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> That's still exciting that he knows who I am. That's, That's right. <laughs> no, he was good, and you know, I, I was I was nervous with like Dave was saying, like when Flansburg was going to be on the show from the Naomi Johnson. I was like, man, what if he doesn't like me, or what if I don't like him? Either one of those things would be horrible. Have you met famous people, Daniel, who you thought were jerks? Let's call them out. There's now there's there's one comedian because um, I started doing stand up recently, and I've met him 
three times within the last year. I don't want to out him because he's still a comedian that I like very much. And he's well, let's call him Schmatt and Schmazwald. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just one of the most rude and inconsiderate people. And the the solace that I take is that the more time I've spent around him, I get the picture that it's not. He's not a jerk because he's famous suddenly and he's doing well. He's just like a natural born jerk, and then that's fine. He, he didn't let anything go to his head. He just emerged <laughs> from the womb <laughs> shitty. So he's just a successful jerk. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. If the, fa- if the fame didn't go to his head, then yeah. I think I could be maybe okay with that. Do you think it's possible for somebody who's an asshole to become famous and become a better person? You never hear that story, but do you think it could happen? I think it happened to Tom Hanks. I have no evidence. <laughs> really? But when you look you, at when you look at Tom Hanks' face, when you look at his acting, where he does that thing, I I can't. You can't see me right now, but I think you can get the face. I mean, where he oh, does, I like, know exactly. He shakes his head and squints his eyes. That's a dick face. When he does it, it's charming and it's humorous and it, it works in every single one of his movies. But I think you learn to make that face by being an asshole. So I I have had this. It's so funny that you asked that question Dave, because I've had this theory forever. I think <laughs> Hanks was a dick and became nicer as he got. So money. you think he was like trashing dressing rooms on the set of Bosom Buddies and like screaming at people Christian oh, no. Bale style and now he's a great guy I even think by Bosom Buddies he was okay but I think that like pre-Bosom Buddies when he was working <laughs> with his agent he's like get me some acting shit like I am Scalari fucking... turned him around right I'm gonna be huge like you don't know I'm gonna do a scene with a, bo- a volleyball and people are gonna quote it for years like trust me on this I feel like his agent he was a dick to his agent. He was a dick to his friends and family before he got famous. And then he, he's like, well, okay, it worked out. I'm fine now. On the strength of that diatribe, I bet we can get him on the show. <laughs> I once made a, a rap song about Tom Hanks, uh, a video of which exists on YouTube. It's not that good, but I do refer to him as my <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> well, there's there's our explicit tag for this week. <laughs> You're welcome, iTunes. Time to go nuts. <laughs> now... So, I don't want to. I, I hate to do this, but I I don't want to break the fourth wall. But have you noticed that we're getting the explicit rating now? Oh yeah, yeah. We well, once iTunes was interested in, um, you know, now that iTunes occasionally features our show or they've tweeted about a couple episodes, we thought it was more important, we being like Mule Radio, to accurately de- designate which episodes are and are not explicit. Uh, that's funny. It's you guys who are doing it internally on your end. There's not some iTunes employee who listens to every podcast. <laughs> that would be the worst job, job in the world. <laughs> I just I saw it and I went to Caleb because I thought it was like this was happening without our knowledge. And I'm like, dude, we only said fuck four times this week. <laughs> it, the the rule from iTunes is if you say these words, you're supposed to put the tag on. And we just had all been ignoring that. But now what we do words. It. Let's uh, list them. I want, I want to know all of them. Uh Douche nozzle, I think, is okay. All right. If I can't see, I always chicken out. I really want to say cunt pickle, but I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm leaving that in. I know it's going to be horrible. We're going to lose thousands of listeners now. It's all right. We can afford it. My mom listens to this show, Lex. <laughs> She's heard me say it before. That's true. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I, we got off track. Let's I want to. I want to know with with Daniel. Like, yes, you've now you work for Crack. dot com. Your job is to essentially be funny for Cracked. Mm-hmm. There are more boring parts, like editing other people to make them also be funny without getting as much credit for it. Sure, but I know that it, having a job where you get paid to be funny sounds like it would be awesome. I once sort of had that job at demand, so I remember it as being somewhat awesome. Can I just uh, send you all of my tweets and have you punch them up for me? 
Before I go out. But do you, is, there, is there some way that you spend a life training to have a job where you get paid to be funny? Or is it like, were you one of the, are, there's comedians who are like, well, I was old, three years old. I was doing stand-up routines in the living room. Or you're like, well, I was a class clown. Or was it something else? No, I mean, I lucked into it just by virtue of the fact that um, my my family is funny. Everyone in my family is funnier than I am. And I grew up with them. So it's just surrounding me all the time. And the other thing, I hate when people say... Um, it was this famous author who once said XYZ, but it was Kurt Vonnegut who said, uh, when you're the youngest in a family, humor is sort of your entrance into the adult conversations. It's the only way you can really pick, uh, like play and be involved in things because you, I, I had two older brothers and they're old enough that they were starting to be like people in their own right. So they can talk, could talk to my parents and uh, aunts and uncles and everyone on like, Let's talk about things that are going on in the world, and let's talk about TV shows that we like or music that we like, and let's use the vocabulary of adults. Um, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't have those tools, but if I could make people laugh, I could still get attention, and that's like the, that's what the. <laughs> I'm picturing you on this. I'm picturing you in the side of the dining room, being like, "Hey, everybody, fart joke." <laughs> no, it's 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 my older brother's just very erudite, like talking about Dan Quayle and George Bush at the time, and I'm on a unicycle, like <laughs> honking a rubber chicken. <laughs> I'm just impressed that you could drop an erudite in there. That's one of the words that I'll never say for fear that I'll mispronounce it. Uh, that's one. That's also on iTunes' explicit list. <laughs> <laughs> that's rough for us. They hate that. You're right, though. I, I think there is something to be said for the the idea of saying something funny if you don't have anything uh, smart to say. And I that sorry that that sounds dicky, but I I feel like I do that a lot. If I don't know what to say, I'll crack a joke. Right. I'll do that in casual conversation if if we move from one of the. Two things about which I know, if we're not talking about my dog or, <laughs> or food, and we move to a third topic, then I can't, I can't keep up, but I'm still present, and I, I want people to look at me. So I'll say something funny and, and have them fight on my turf. See, I was, I was clinging on the, uh, or, or thinking about the youngest part, because I too was the youngest. I think I'm probably, I think my family would vote me. If my family had class elections, I would be voted the funniest person in the family. And then it sort of became, uh, a, a role that I was required to fill, you know. So if if things were dreary at the dinner table, we had a very formal dinner growing up where you had to like dress up for dinner and be there at the right time. And whoa, whoa, really? Yeah, true. Are you von yeah. Trapp family? That's crazy. It, it was. It That's... was. Yeah, you couldn't have T-shirts at the table for a while. That rule changed once we got into around junior high school. But for a while, you had to be dressed up for dinner at the Friedman House. I dress my dog up for dinner. But when when things slowed down, they'd be like, I put on a little dress. Everybody turns to me and they're like, Lex, be funny. And I, yeah. But I see the thing is, I think that in high school, at least, you know, in, in high school, and junior high school, I used it as a because it was being smart was not cool, at least in, in, still isn't. Right. And so I, the only way the way I made friends because I didn't want to be just pigeonholed as the nerdy guy I was like, well, if I could be the funny nerdy guy, then maybe I'll get some friends. And that kind of worked a little. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that as as well. Junior high was was sort of the putting jokes and being funny out there for people other than like your family because i just thought oh my family we're a family that does jokes together and we have a lot of inside jokes and we're this weird traveling band of morons making <laughs> each other laugh and then junior high was that first uh like making i think the first joke i remember doing was like an accidental joke i was just talking and it made people laugh in the middle of class and i was like "Ooh, okay i could do that now because that's because i'm not i'm not smart or good at, at sports and i i I'm like third generation hand-me-downs of clothes. So this is like laughter is again the only way you're, you're entered in like either the adult conversation or the cool kids conversation. That's just what you do to demonstrate value. Um, I'm that, talking very clinically 
Well, that's true. Evolutionary I, I think comedy. I think I also use comedy as um, a defense. Like if 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 I'm cracking a joke, if I if I'm being sarcastic or cynical, then I'm not really putting what I actually think on display, and that that means you can't judge it. Sure. Yeah. That's sort of like detached. Like, oh, I don't, I don't take anything seriously, so that you have no ammo to to use on me. Right. And I we're uh, getting real. I know. Oh, this, this is sh- crazy. Shit gets real here. Yeah. I mean, stuff guessed. gets real here. Sorry, iTunes. Fucking Jesus Christ, Lex. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the fuck was the joke that Jesus Christ was not? I didn't even realize I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the clarity there. That was good. I'm just I'm, Now I'm hung up because, Daniel, you said, you know, I'm not, I wasn't into sports. But I've seen the cracked videos. I've seen you in person. Aren't you, like, super muscular and you do, like, Iron Man or Mud Man or I Run in Mud competition? Spider-Man. I I do I run a lot. I mean that's that's uh my dad that always sounds sports. my dad runs. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's that's the sport that um like you don't need to be coordinated or good with your hands to run because those are the things like I can't throw for for shit and I played little league sports and was so bad at them. And uh running is a thing where I I I can't screw it up. I can just go forward and it's and that's again something that I just do for for comedy and writing. You run without headphones for long periods of time and just like you're I don't know. It opens my brain up for for better writing. It's a trick I learned from my dad. I don't want to psych you out or anything, but you you could totally trip and fall. <laughs> Crap. Well, I'm going to do that now. But wait, don't you do something where you run in? I can't think of what it's called. Where you like you run through really dirty stuff and it's horrible. Don't you do that annual something or other? Yeah. Well, there there's a couple. We did the the <laughs> tough mutter last year. Tough mutter. The tough mutter, which was terrible. <laughs> I can't imagine. Vol- well, tell well, for people who don't know what is the tough mutter. People something. who don't know. For, I, I'm people who don't know. I want to hear this. For Dave, what the fuck is the tough mutter? Yeah, it happens all over the world now. It's this huge thing where, uh, in our version, it was 12 miles of running plus um, something like 30 or 35 obstacles throughout. And the obstacles are things like, oh, now you have to go up and down a bunch of hills or up this really really high steep hill, and now you have to jump into this vat of uh, water that's below freezing and go underneath <laughs> and, and swim for a while. Here you have to crawl on your belly and get electrocuted. And, and this is all real. These are all things. And people volunteer to do it. They pay to do it. We pay. We pay. And that's, it's so, it's a really interesting experiment. No, do you get to not. be on a Japanese game show? No, no. We just pay them money and they, and, and it hurts the whole time. <laughs> And it's crazy because the, the, the guy who leads it is very, uh, he's Tough. like a, an amazing motivational speaker. He comes One out there thing. and he's addressing us all. And we all have to get down on one knee and he's like, <laughs> what you guys are doing isn't just running in this thing. What you're doing is bigger than this. I have a story about a woman who ran this race because her husband died and then it cured her cancer. <laughs> and he came back to life. <laughs> yeah. Right. And we're all nodding like, you're right. This is bigger than me. I'm a part of something huge. I'm as big of a hero as, as anyone else. I can cure cancer. Right. I'm also going to beat cancer in this race. And then fast forward. <laughs> cancer comes miles. in last. Right. And then seven miles later, I'm getting electrocuted. Like, I paid fucking $135 for this. <laughs> and it's all an illusion. It's bullshit. I'm going to get a sweatband at the end. And that's my prize. I'm pretty sure letting that them electrocute me. At the moment I'm on my belly getting electrocuted, that's when I'm like, man, I wish I had cancer instead right now. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you say at the end you get sweatpants? <laughs> Sweat, uh, sweatbands. Oh, I thought maybe like Bon Jovi himself. No. Yeah, he hands them out. He's standing Bestowed up them. Well, so do people drop out during it? Like, are there people like, fuck this? Yeah, uh, there are people who drop out. There are people who walk the whole time. We also see there are people, uh, there are almost always, um, golf carts and stuff that are, are, 
are schlepping away people who passed out, <laughs> dehydrated, or just just the, one part of their body body just just said, "No, fuck off, I'm done," and just quit on them. This is absolutely true. I uh, I installed the Couch to 5K app because I wanted to start running. I mean, I use a I, I walk a lot. I'm going to see if I can go one show without mentioning how I walk a lot, but I walk a lot, and <laughs> I. Uh, I was like, I, maybe I could run. That would be healthy. And I got the couch to 5K, which is supposed to get you from being a couch potato to being a person who is capable of running a 5K. I don't know for sure. I think the K stands for kilometers, but I know nothing. Um, and uh, I made it one day. <laughs> I did day one of couch to 5K, and I said, man, this is not for me. This See, what I horrible. do is I'll, I'll, I'll make the decision to go for a run, and I'll get like my running stuff on, like my gym clothes, my shoes, the whole thing, and I'll get outside. And I'm like, mm, I think I'll just, I'm going to walk and get some dinner. <laughs> I I feel totally socially awkward when I'm running. I feel everybody is staring at me. Look at that guy who can't run. And then yeah, I just I yeah. get the burn instantly. Like I feel like I'm not in terrible shape, but I'm definitely in terrible shape for running. I just have no ability, none. So I, I envy no, you. I have no stamina. I can run for a good thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I was doing the five k app where it, it makes like a beep or something, or it tells you, you know like run or no. I think the first day is just jog and walk. So it's like jog. And then walk. And then I was doing the walk. I was like the third walk after three jogs. I was on my third walk. And I was like, jog. And I'm like, no, thank you. I'm just going to walk this one kind of quickly. And Couch just, to 5M. God, it was horrible. What does the M stand for? Meters. Meet. Okay, see, I was thinking miles. Now I got it. I'm with you. No, no, we're, st- we're staying metric here. <laughs> if you guys don't want to run, that's fine. I'm not going <laughs> to guys. No, but, but honestly, like, I've, been gonna... running, I've been running 15 years and still. Jesus, you should stop. I hate the first mile. I mean, I feel the exact same way when I start. I feel awkward, and I'm sweating too much, and I'm breathing too hard, and I think, <laughs> all right, at the end of this mile, if I if I still feel shit, maybe I'll just go home. Maybe I'll just be done with it. And then it's you just get past a certain point, you reach that that you hit that click, and and man, if I could run the first mile, maybe I would know what that's like. It's it's specifically running. Like if I get on the elliptical, I I can do like what I feel is the same amount of motion, the same amount of activity. But for whatever reason, it doesn't bother me the way that running does. I just I do want to point out that I've gone at least eight and a half miles today. I'm just saying. You have a uh, you have that that treadmill. Oh, don't, See, don't get him started. I didn't say it. Don't, I didn't don't say it. Daniel said it. Oh. I do. I do work on a treadmill desk. It's true. That seems hard to me. That seems. That's what she, uh, but no, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's people think that it's very impressive and it's just not impressive. I mean, it's impressive to stick with it maybe and to, you know, to keep up at it, but it takes well, like you, two or three days sense, to get used to it. In that sense, your, your whole strategy here is brilliant, Lex, because you're, you're always talking about it. And so you're committed to it. Yes. Cause if you stop, a, this, people are going to call you on your shit. It's totally intentional for me. The Fitbit part is intentional. The talking about it all the time is intentional. The fact that I've written articles for Macworld about it, that it's in my Twitter bio that I use a treadmill desk. I am pot committed. I cannot give up. I've not looked at your Twitter bio, but I'm going to, I'm just going to guess right now. It, it references the fact that you have children. Uh, it's, that's very common. I don't remember. If, I know it has. I'm looking you up. It does not. It does not currently re- represent the fact. It says senior writer at Macworld, co-host of the Unprofesh podcast, maybe you've heard of it, Dave, humor mm. book author. I use a treadmill desk and I run podlexing.com. So anyway, no dad shit in there at all. I, I do have that, many children. Okay. Well, I just want to point out it says treadmill and then the word run right after that. That's a little <laughs> confusing just at a glance. <laughs> I want people to think I'm more athletic than I am. <laughs> you should wear a sweatband all the time. 
while we're influencing what people think, we should take a break and acknowledge this episode's fine, fine sponsors. So sponsor number one today, Dave, is Audible. We've talked about them a lot. The URL, let me get it out of the way right up front, is audiblepodcast.com slash unprofessional. Again, it's audiblepodcast.com slash unprofessional. That's good. People can be looking this up while we talk. Exactly. Because here's the thing. They're the leading provider of downloadable audiobooks with over 100,000 titles covering virtually every single genre. So the idea is, if you want to listen to it, Audible has it. You can listen to audiobooks anytime, anywhere. That means on your Mac, iPhone, iPad, Kindle, other device. In shower. Right. In your pan- uh, Audible is offering unprofessional listeners a free audiobook along with a 30-day trial. You go to audiblepodcast.com slash unprofessional to take advantage of the special offer. You're going to get a free audiobook. There's no reason not to do it unless you're a crazy person. And they always like us to recommend an audiobook. Dave, do you have one that you've heard slash read recently? I do. It turns out I can read. <laughs> uh, the, I wanted to read it before I saw the movie, and I still haven't seen the movie, but The Great Gatsby. Oh, the the movie might be terrible, but the book I wound up liking because I never I never read it in high school. I read Romeo and Juliet three times in high school, but I never read The Great Gatsby. You know, you can get two different versions of the unabridged Great Gatsby from Audible. You can get one that's narrated by uh, Tim Robbins, or mm-hmm. one that's narrated by Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> really? Yes. And here's what's really interesting: they're both unabridged, so there's no I words missing. Up. I got the wrong one. I should have gone Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) Well, next time. But Jake Gyllenhaal's version, four hours and 49 minutes. Tim Robbins, five hours and 44 minutes. Tim Robbins reads an an hour slower than uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I'm I'm sure there's a Donnie Darko joke, but I can't get there from here. (laughs) But so check him out. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash unprofessional. There's a free audiobook in it, so you'd have to be a jerk not to do it. Our second sponsor today is Nickelfish. They are a New Jersey-based interactive design company with full creative and development capabilities. Nickelfish.com slash unprofessional. They make all kinds of things for different clients, all uh, in-house with a diversely talented and motivated team that they've assembled Avengers style. Uh, they've, They've built everything from standalone mobile apps to full systems incorporating clients' internal IT services, custom, let's put quotes around this, middleware so if you're the sort of person who knows what middleware is, that, that might be very exciting. Uh, layers to handle calls in and out and companion and mobile web clients on pretty much every platform. Uh, they especially like to help think through the problems. If you get them in early, they can help you take your idea from a loose concept to a tangible product with real deliverables with the, the rigor you'd expect from a large company and the flexibility that you'd expect from a small one. So Nickelfish and uh, Seth Clifford from Nickelfish is a, a friend of ours. Great guy. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go check nickelfish.com slash unprofessional right now. The only thing I'm going to do first is consider signing up for Squarespace. Dave, you may may have heard of Squarespace. Oh, my God. These Squarespace people keep giving us money. Yeah, I know. Well, they're wonderful. They, they, offer- sponsor, they sponsor all the best stuff. Well, here's the thing. The thing is that even though Squarespace sponsors all the podcasts, uh, they also do some pretty fine web hosting. Uh, You get web design and hosting that anybody can use. You don't have to know how to do anything. You use one of their templates. You put in your own content. You can customize the template. You can get right there in the HTML and CSS if you're a nerd, or you can just drag stuff around if you're a normal person. Uh, You can drag photos from your computer right onto the web browser, and it automatically puts them right in your website where you want them. The pages are automatically optimized to look good on any kind of device, probably even Android devices. If you're into that. Speaking of free trials, though, because you remember Audible's given out the free trial, Squarespace, too. If you go to squarespace.com and when you're checking out, you use Ooh, the... Can I guess it? Yeah. Can I guess it? Yeah, go for it. I'm pretty sure I know it. 
unprofessional six. Yes. If you use the promo Nailed code, it. the offer code unprofessional six, you're going to save 10%. Now here's the thing. First, you're going to sign up for the free trial. You're going to get a little, you know, um, my, I'm an unprofessional listener dot squarespace.com site, a demo site. You're going to check it out. You're going to love it. You're going to be like, wow, this is awesome. When you're ready to sign up, don't forget to use that promo code because you're saving close to a dollar a month. I mean, it's very cheap web hosting. So saving 10% isn't a huge savings in terms of total dollar amount, but why not save a dollar a month if you can? So go to squarespace.com. When you're using your offer code, it's unprofessional six. And uh, there's no reason not to use Squarespace if you need a website because they're really good at hosting websites. You know, the thing is, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty. They do a good job. Yeah. Well, thank you to all three sponsors because they're all very handsome and lovely. We love them and or delicious. <laughs> That's a pre-reference. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Looper in here. And we're back. Yay. <laughs> Daniel, you're going to probably we buy really one of all those about. things, right? Really good break. I'm going to, yeah, I can't wait to, to download and or eat all the things that our sponsors make. <laughs> I'm quoting you on that. <laughs> mm, Squarespace. <laughs> yeah. It's web hosting that tastes like freedom. Now, if I, I Dave, I have a point of order question. Daniel has a, a book deal, but the book hasn't come out yet. Is it is it work related? Is it too professional for him to talk about the book? Uh, he's he doesn't write books like as his main job, right? Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about him like he's not here. Right. That's that's no he's not. This Daniel guy sounds interesting. <laughs> He's all right. But so you, you sold a book about the presidents? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, called How to Fight Presidents. <laughs> and it's, it's... I truly forgot the title. Fight them? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, them. it's just it's a bunch of interesting stories about every president and how that might... I'd fight Lincoln. Oh, you don't want to fight Lincoln, man. And it comes out early 2014. January 20-something, yeah. I should know that answer. Are you done? Uh, yeah, I'm just in the, in the, uh, the finishing touches right now. Like, we're, like, really the finishing, finishing touches where it's just, I uh, would change the font on the cover of the book and I'm finishing up, like, acknowledgements page and everything and, and. It's gonna take you six months to do that? Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't uh, understand this. I don't, like, I'm, I'm from the internet. We, we just, like, publish stuff the same day. Yeah, so I please, please enlighten me. So, I don't know if you realize so. this. There are so many different kinds of fonts. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I was amazed because, you know, I have a couple humor books out there, and I'm just amazed at how slow it is. You're like, we want to rush this one because we want to capitalize on Snuggy infamy. We want to get this out the door. So if you can give us the manuscript by the end of the month, we'll have it out nine months from now. <laughs> it's crazy coming from web where I, I finish a column at four in the morning and it's up at five in the morning, and then I move on to the next thing. And when I handed them the uh, draft, the first draft, the manuscript... They said, great, yeah, this will be out in January. We have a couple of notes. And I just thought, oh, no, 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 I handed it in. I'm done with it. I'm on to the next thing now. That's, <laughs> I'm, I need to see it out tomorrow and then uh, see what the comments are. And, <laughs> Publishing and in general is fucking weird. I was working on a, uh, a book about, about design, design, about iOS design, design which, which I, I wound up dropping out of. But they, they would ask for chapters. And well, I, I'll explain. The reason I dropped out of doing the book was they refused to publish it in color. Oh. Uh, yeah, Which to me seemed seem like the weirdest, weirdest but like, why, why would you publish, publish a book about design in black and white? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've already expressed that I'm jealous of Daniel because he knows how to run for a whole mile. <laughs> but um, I'm also jealous of your book deal here because you're, it's Random House, right? I'm going on memory. Yeah, it's Crown, which is a, a something of Random House, a, a subsidiary. What, what, what's that word? Yeah, I think that's right, subsidiary. Because yeah. I look at the writer. My first. 
the Snuggie Sutra book was published by St. Martin's Press. And that's, they're fairly big. People have heard of them. The second book, which was a, uh, a Dr. Seuss parody, um, Random House was like, yes, we're totally interested. So there were two publishers that were going to make a pitch. Globe Pequot Press, who ended up publishing it. Um, who no one has ever heard of, and then Random House. And the day that everybody's bids were due, Random House calls up to my agent, and they're like, yeah, we just we wanted to check with Dr. Seuss's people since we published all of his books, and they told us if we published them that they would pull all their books from us, so uh, we're Ooh. no longer interested. But, I mean, it would have been such a cool thing to be on Random, especially to be on Dr. Seuss's actual... Fu- so, fuck you and fuck Dr. Fuck them all. Fuck Dr. Seuss. I we're know really earning prefers- the explicit tag this year. <laughs> I know that Near he prefers week. the pronunciation soyce. But I'm not saying soy. I'm sticking with Seuss because his people made my publisher not do what, I, or made my potential publisher not buy my book. Are well, I you thought kidding it was me? Right now? the musical. It's truly That's, the actual pronunciation is soy. But it's not soycical the musical. I, well, I think they've accepted that everybody says it wrong. Well, I don't think they have, just based on this story. <laughs> I, I well, I'll, let me find a source really quick. I know that I'm right, but still, <laughs> find a uh, soy. Pen names and. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Geisel's pen name is regu- this is Wikipedia is regularly pronounced Seuss, an anglicized uh, pronunciation inconsistent with his German surname. He himself noted that it rhymed with voice, uh, and his contributor Alexander Liang, who wrote a book with him, uh, or who wrote for the Dartmouth Jack Lantern with him, wrote this poem: "You're wrong as the deuce, and you shouldn't rejoice if you're calling him Seuss. He pronounces it Zeus." So there you go. That's insane. I'm still going to... Say you're wrong as a douche. I'm still going to call him Seuss. <laughs> I'm not going to change. Like, did you see uh, at the Webbies this year, uh, the creator of the the GIF came out and said, it's pronounced GIF, uh, not GIF. Um, yeah. And it was that this big stir. And my favorite bit about that was, uh, he was saying in interviews, like, yeah, I don't think uh, the Oxford English Dictionary should be give, even give people the option. It's GIF. It's always been GIF. And Oxford came back and was like, that is our motherfucking purview. He doesn't decide <laughs> how to pronounce words. That's us. He does his thing. And you don't expect the Oxford Dictionary to to drop the motherfucker, but they did for this. They were serious about they it. They also got the explicit tag. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know they have all the worst words in that book. That's why I love it. <laughs> That's where I learned swearing is from the Oxford I'm English Dictionary. I'm looking C-U-N. It's there. Okay. There's no pickle suffix, though, so it's incomplete. Oh, oh. It's like a compound word. Right. Okay. Now, I don't know if you're allowed to answer this question, but you mentioned the Webbies. You brought it up. Sure. Do you think that the Webbies are total bullshit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the hard hitting like, questions. I like the part of them where they they uh, give us an award and they let me go and eat nice food, uh, right? And wear, wear a suit and drink fancy scotch. But in general, it's um, you have to pay to be nominated, right? You have to pay to be nominated, and then you pay to get your award. You pay Wait, to get what, your award. What? And yeah, it's it's bullshit. What is this it's like the books where they where you get the letter like we want to publish your poetry in our anthology and it only costs you five hundred dollars to buy a copy of the book. It's the same thing. It's just bigger and people respect it more. Yeah, and there are there are suits and tuxedos and and and, and fancy folks there. And it's also, I mean, the award that that we got is the the audience choice. The people vote. Right. Their favorite comedy site is, and so we we enjoy doing that. We'll never get any of like the panel, like the the in house Webby's people. Uh, awards it's okay because enough? it's all no, it's all like they're trying to legitimize the web, and the way to do that right now is to get celebrities, evidently. And so, like, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's going to get best comedic actor. That's who the right. dick is. That's who the dick you're seeing do stand up. <laughs> <laughs>
but yeah, I mean, they've got, he's accepting awards. They've got, uh, Kevin Spacey got an award for, um, House of Cards. And I'm sure he'll also get nominated for the Emmys for that. And so just as someone who has like come from web when cracked was super small and we're all just a bunch of buddies and internet nerds and comedy nerds who are trying to make good, it's, it's hard for me to look at this party honoring Kevin Spacey and Ben Stiller and Jerry Seinfeld as like, yeah, the web is really making it like, what happened? This used to be this used to be for us. This used to be for the nerds, for the socially Fubu. awkward. And now all the fucking cool kids are moving in and stealing our awards. <clears throat> yeah, the one thing nerds had to themselves, and now the famous people are there too. Fucking assholes. You know, and, and charging to even be nominated, charging for the awards, it's like Scientology. <laughs> yeah. Is that Did like you, Scientology? Yeah, because to go clear, you have to keep on spending more and more money. Yeah. If you want a bigger award, you have to be bigger and more famous and have more money, I guess. That's true. They do because Scientology also used to be for nerds like me. I would just go there and like and eat as many Thetans as I can. And the next <laughs> thing I know, I turn around and they're like, ooh, let's give Tom Cruise all the Scientology awards. It's and bullshit. It just, it's, it's gotten away from its roots. I will say, you know, you go to the podcasts in iTunes and the ones they feature are all like, I'm looking at it right now, and it's Weird Al on the Sporkful. That guy won't come on this show. And it's like a bunch of shows with famous people. You can say it, Lex. You can say fuck Weird Al. No, I could never. I mean, I would if given the opportunity to actually fornicate with Weird Al, but no, I, I still love him. I just want wait, to wait, wait, on wait, hang show. on, hang on, hang, hang on. I want to explore this. Would you would you actually sleep with Weird Al? Like, would you would you literally make love to or with or whatever Weird Al? I think I would probably make out with Weird Al. Huh? I don't think I would actually want to get my genitalia involved. Is this based on personality alone, or is there a physical attraction? Personality is there a physical alone. component. I mean, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't force myself on him. Let's be clear. I. I don't want to rape Weird Al. There's um, our show title. I would have. You buried that sort of three minutes into the <laughs> sex with Weird Al conversation. I. I would acknowledge. I always open with. I, Look at that person. I don't want to rape them. But <laughs> by the way, it makes a good hit, uh, pickup line. You're in the bar and you walk up to a young lady and say, "Listen." Number one, I do not want to rape you. I just want to put this on the table. I'm not going to rape you. No, I like uh, yours. The I, I do not want to. <laughs> right. I, I'm, it wouldn't. I wouldn't even allow it to happen. Uh, but no, I mean, I would make out with him if if he were like saying, "Hey, Lex, I appreciate your fandom. Do you want to make out?" I'd be like, "I can do that for you, Al." I think Lauren would be fine with it. I think it wouldn't be a thing. I mean, it would be a thing. <laughs> it would definitely it might, be a thing. It, it might not disrupt your marriage in any way. But it, like. <laughs> If I knew about that, it would. Uh, I would right. think about it. It would mean something to me. That you it, would, it, it would also be a good story that I could tell. Like I would tell it on this show. If it if it ever happens, Dave, you will be the first person I tell, and I will do it on the. I won't tell you ahead of time. I will tell you on this podcast if it happens. You know, from this point forward, I'm always going to be looking forward to us recording the show. Now, it'll. <laughs> You've not enjoyed it before. Before this maybe this will be the. Well, no, it's it's been okay. <laughs> he will be mine. Oh yes. I, you know, I really do want to get him on the show. So if anybody out there knows Al or knows somebody who knows Al, his, uh, it's, this is a tr another true story. I wrote to his agent who passed my message along to his literary agent because Al has a children's book and a sequel that's coming out like I think this month or next month. And uh, the, the, the agent for, for his book said, unfortunately, Al's schedule is so packed that he can't do it. And we all know that's a lie. There, are, There is a time when he has 45 minutes at home to get on Skype. I mean, he probably won't need the 45 extra minutes that Daniel needed to set up. Sure. Because um, he's more of a tech person, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, Calm he down, works, Lex. He works on the internet. But I'm just saying, I, we could get You are him. getting fired up, though. I, I could see you making out with him. Do you have any oh. other uh, celebrity man crushes? Any other famous people you'd like to make out with? <laughs> like to make out with is strong. How about uh, you, Daniel? 
Paul Newman. When he was alive. When he, okay, oh. I, that was my next not question. Not currently. Yeah. Hmm. No, not what? currently, no. Uh, and not not even recently. Paul Newman, like, you know the Paul Newman <laughs> I mean. We all know which Paul Newman I'm talking yeah. about. Let's be yeah. adults about this, for Christ's sake. Well, okay, okay. okay. My favorite Paul Newman movie was some movie where I, I don't even remember what it was, but there was a, a, a poker game, and there's some woman who's... To- it's a strip poker game, I guess, and there's a woman who's sitting topless for the whole scene, and I love that scene. I loved Paul Newman for that movie. You would make out with him for that? No. I would make out with Penn Jillette, though. He's my other one. Really? I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I guess, mentally attracted to Penn Jillette, <laughs> but I don't think I can muster up a physical attraction. Oh, again, I don't think there's a physical attraction to play here. I'm just saying, first of all, between the two, Al and Penn, I think Penn would actually do it. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure he would. We couldn't get him on the show, but we'd get him to make out with you. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, if any guests, male or female, want to make out, you can send an email and I'll debate the merits with you, with Dave, and with my wife, and we'll figure it out. Care of Unprofessional, P.O. Box 5762. <laughs> send a headshot. No, see, I think that's unfair. I'm going no headshot. It's going to be just on application alone. See, no, uh, I don't know. The strength don't know. of their of their uh, like their pitch. Like, why should I make out with you? Oh, this isn't like a resume. Like, I graduated uh, summa from this school, and this I'm could really be a contest. Cooking. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a great promo. Make no, out with Lex. No matter who wins, I lose. I feel like in this contest. I guess that's potentially not true, but it's probably true. <laughs> I, I'm. T- <laughs> Wait, it's, do you pick the winner or do I pick the winner? I or have to pick, pick the winner. The winner. To get, uh, you get a vote. Okay. I have veto power. All right. Is it, Dave, you might have to edit this out, but I'm just saying, I know how many triple XL shirts were ordered for the unprofessional <laughs> shirts. <laughs> I'm just saying my odds are great. Uh, <laughs> I like that, that all this discussion about making out with, with guests or listeners and we're discussing you making out with them, the guy who's married. Well, if you want to do it, you can hold I've the stayed, contest. But you were I've like, stayed clear of this. Who is a celebrity you would you would make out with? A a male celebrity who you would willingly make out with? Me? Oh yeah. man, I've got a uh, I got a long list. <laughs> you want this? Is that a euphemism? Uh, let's start with the A's. Affleck totally make out with Ben Affleck. Really? Oh, I oh yeah, Casey. Oh yeah, well, Casey's <laughs> all right. Really dark horse Casey vote for me. <laughs> Casey's all right, but Ben Affleck. I don't know. I've had a man crush on that guy forever since uh, really? Morats. Yeah. See, I feel like he was one of the ones who got douchier when he got famous. Um, for there was a period where that may have been true, and then he got uh, put put in his place. I think. Okay. He, he came back around. He's got a he's got a second act. Do you feel like he's actually a great director, or do you think he's simply competent and also an actor, so we say that he's a great director? I think he's a great director. Yeah, as far as like making movies that are super fun to watch, like that's I, I'm not going to put him in the, wow, this guy did something new that changed the way I think about movies or anything like that, but The Town was so much goddamn fun. That's just a fun, tight yeah. heist movie, bank robbery movie, whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I, I'll see it then. I saw the... Uh the the Argo, but I haven't Argo. seen I haven't seen the town. I'll make a I'll make a chance to see it. Argo's actually my least favorite of his movies. All right, yeah, I really like. Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone, I think is my least favorite of his stuff. Oh yeah, of of what he's directed. Yeah. Sure, uh, I liked it. I thought it uh, could have uh, been trimmed a little bit, but it was. I'm a big Casey Affleck fan. We're coming back to him now. I really <laughs> really dig that Casey Affleck thing. By the way. The fourth sponsor of this episode, Casey Affleck. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd totally make out with Ben Affleck. I'd probably make out with Casey Affleck too. If we get like a, uh, 
I don't, I don't want to make it weird. No, for them, you cannot but... make out with the two of them at the same time because they should not be making out. No way. Okay. But yeah. speaking of actors and making out who are siblings, if it's true that making out in a movie... <laughs> well, you got fired If up. it's true that acting in a movie and kissing in a movie is just, you know, well, you don't feel anything. There's nothing sexual about it because it's acting. Then how come Joan and John Cusack have never had a makeout scene? Uh, I think reasons, there's... I'm sure. Yeah, there's an attractiveness <laughs> imbalance. I don't think that an audience would believe that pairing. Or what about Jason, Jason and Justine Bateman? They've played uh, that, that pseudo love interest, close. Yeah. but they didn't make out. I'm just saying, if it weren't a thing, if it was truly just acting, then siblings could make out on film. I'm not saying I want to see it. I'm just saying I think the fact that it doesn't happen proves that it clearly is more than just acting. I, I think that it might just be acting for the actors, but for the audience, it would be off-putting. Didn't, uh, man, there was someone. It might have been Catherine Heigl or someone else like her who made out with her brother. That was Angelina oh, was, Jolie. Yeah, Angelina Jolie. No, no, it was, it was someone more <laughs> someone else. than that. Yeah. Um, well, Angelina Jolie has done it, but there could be others. I'm going to Google for kissed her brother. We'll see what comes up. I'm doing actress makes out with brother. This is uh, Cheryl Lay. I don't actress Cheryl Lay makes out with her real life brother in the 1997 film Kickboxing Academy. That sounds like what I might be thinking of. Um, all I'm seeing is stuff for Angelina Jolie, including her Wikipedia page. Yeah, that's that. She's also a Grey's Anatomy cast member, which I think that uh, Catherine Heigl was on. So that could be where you got the. That must be where it's coming from. Yeah, you guys remember Catherine Heigl? <laughs> she's in that new. Would movie. you make out with her? Would I make out with Catherine Heigl? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man, she's so tall. What am I gonna do with all that? Nothing. <laughs> Wait, how tall is she? <laughs> taller, taller than me. I like tall. How tall are you? I'm like five eight, five nine, something absurd. I'm not gonna make out with you. Oh. I didn't even know she's, that was on the table. She's 5'9". She's 5'9"? Yeah. She looks so much taller. Yeah, she stands on a platform. No, I'm, I'm going to retract that. I want to go a different direction. You say you're 5'8", 5'9"? That's, that's actually about my range. I think I would make out with you. Ba- based on height alone. And you know, now knowing that Katherine Heigl is 5'9", I'd make out with her, too. I think we healed a lot of wounds today. I, I do think, think maybe, maybe the three of us should get together and talk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do consider Catherine the anti-Tom Hanks, though. I think she probably started out pleasant enough and got worse. Yeah, she's 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 rough. She's she's. I really liked her and knocked up, and then and, and not everything that followed that. Especially her complaining about knocked up. That was bullshit. Totally. You know what? She's off the table. Sorry, <laughs> Catherine or whatever. We're not gonna make out. <laughs> or listen, we're gonna make out, but I'm not gonna enjoy it that much. Yeah. And you certainly <laughs> won't. <laughs> 